Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a little while since I've recorded. We had a busy July. I think the last podcast I talked about my girls going to girls camp and how it was a little bit of a battle because they did not want to go. And I was utilizing the tools that I know and that I teach about listening to them, asking them questions and getting curious, not, um, you know, naturally what I would want to do is just like, you have to go. Why are you complaining about this? What's the deal? Like going into like, you're so entitled. You just want to be home on your phone this whole time. And you can give a few days to go to camp. That's where I was headed and I wanted them with me, but I did not do that. I just kind of let them have their thoughts, let them express their opinions, and it all worked out. My um, oldest daughter who was going to camp, so I have my oldest who is 19 and isn't going, but then I have a senior in high school and I was just really happy one day when she just knew she was going and she didn't really fight me on going and she had a friend going with her, which was so helpful. And she kind of set the tone for it by, by being curious about her sisters. Like, why don't you want to go, you know, and we're just going to go. It'll be fine. It's going to be fun. And when she started doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So my girls went to girls camp and when it was over, I didn't hear a single word of complaining. We didn't talk a whole lot about, you know, are you glad you went? And aren't you so glad you went? I didn't really do that, but they did not complain. They had a good time. I'm calling it a win. I'm so happy. Okay. So this podcast I wanted to record because this is something in my parenting circles and the friends that I have and the people that I talk to, this is something that has been coming up and where my kids go to school, they, the district that I live in put out a dress code before school started. Like a few weeks before school started. And I don't know if they've always had a dress code or if they've never just enforced it or if they changed some of the wording. I don't really know. But they sent out an email that specified a dress code that needed to be followed. I don't really check my emails, to be honest. I get so many notifications. I'm sure you you do too. And it's easy to just dismiss them. And so that's what I did. I really wasn't aware that there was this new dress code. And the first time ever, my kids went school shopping by themselves. I happened to be busy with something that day and they wanted to go and I knew we were going out of town. So it really was like one of the only days that they could go. And so they had a budget and I said, okay, go together and good luck. And they went and they they found their clothes. I didn't really have much to do with them at all because, oh my gosh, shopping is not fun for me anymore. When I was younger, I loved school shopping. Now I kind of hate shopping. It's just so long and tedious and going with teenagers who are so picky and it is not, 
I was happy to let them go. So it was really, really nice. I am more of an online shopper these days. So all of that to say, I really didn't know a whole lot of what they had picked out and whether it followed dress code or not. And I really have gotten a lot more lax in what they wear and how much control I have over what they wear. I really like to let them wear the things that they feel comfortable in and I am not too strict about the clothes that they wear like I used to be. I was very much the mom who put the undershirt on the five-year-old sundress when my kids were little. So I have shifted quite a bit and it doesn't really bother me anymore. I don't notice girls in tank tops. I don't notice if their midriff is showing. I don't notice if their shorts are too short. I really don't notice and I love that I don't notice and I don't have those thoughts of like, why did your mom let you wear that? Or, oh, I can't believe her shorts are so short. Like I do not have those thoughts at all anymore and I love that because then all I do is I see the person and not their outfit. And it really was like a an adjustment for me because that used to be the first thought that would come to me is I would look, what are they wearing? And then I would be like, oh, wow, like that's interesting. I didn't want to be judgmental, but like the thoughts that I had in my head were like curious about, I can't believe your mom let you wear that. Or I would have some thoughts about who they were if they were wearing a certain outfit. I did not like that. So as I was learning these new ideas about things that, you know, our modesty culture kind of teaches, not necessarily that the, anything is taught that's bad, but it's like the underlying messages that are received when you are saying that your shoulders have to be covered, for example. The underlying message is that shoulders are not to be seen, that they're bad. Um, I really do see how when you get really, really strict about the modesty, you're sexualizing certain parts of the body that really aren't like sexualized and how different cultures have different, different rules to follow, right? Like in some countries, women have to be covered, their heads, their faces have to be covered. And so really it is, it's dependent on the culture and, and I could start to see how the way I was thinking about what my kids were wearing, about what their friends were wearing, were really coming from what I had internalized as a youth. And I didn't love the way I felt about my body and I didn't love that I was uncomfortable going to the gym in a tank top and felt like everyone was looking at me. And I thought that was kind of like, in my 20s, I'm like, I should not be uncomfortable going to the gym in a tank top. That is interesting, why am I feeling like that? Why am I thinking people are staring at me? But I did have that, um, I don't know if it's insecurity or that self-conscious. I think it's more of a self-conscious thing. We think people are looking at us, we feel uncomfortable in our own skin. I started noticing that and so that helped me kind of step back a little bit and not put the focus so much on the things my kids were wearing or what they looked like. Because when you focus on appearance so much, you are creating that, that idea that appearance is really important and you should be self-conscious and worry about what other people are thinking of you. And I was thinking about this and I did have an experience I do remember in high school where I was dating a boy and I think I was a senior and I did not wear tank tops a lot. That wasn't really something I was, I, I don't feel like I grew up in a super strict household, but 
I had to dress modestly. And so I didn't wear a lot of tank tops. And I do remember wearing a tank top one day and the guy I was dating saying his mom was, would be uncomfortable if I was in a tank top. That did not seem strange to me. That made me feel uncomfortable, but like more in the way of I was doing something wrong. Like if I wore a tank top, that was wrong and I needed to change so that someone else would feel comfortable. And now I think about that idea and I think it puts the focus on the wrong person. So if someone else is feeling uncomfortable because someone is in a tank top or if their shorts are too short, it is not the person who's wearing the short shorts or wearing the tank top that needs to change. And, and if someone feels uncomfortable because the shorts are too short or the tank top is being worn, I'm not saying that person needs to change either. I'm just saying if you are uncomfortable, that is on you and not the other person. So when we send the message that if someone is uncomfortable, we need, it, we need to make people feel comfortable around us. And if someone doesn't feel comfortable, then it's our job to make them comfortable. So it's something, there's something wrong with us. We need to change so that other people feel comfortable around us. And that is a recipe for a lot of self-consciousness, a lot of people-pleasing, and you are not growing your sense of self as you should. Um, and especially, I think, with our teenagers, the, the teenagers, I mean, we've all, I think, throughout our life, young people need choices and learn their sense of self. But I think it's been more difficult in certain cultures and in areas where that's not allowed to really do that. And we just haven't had awareness about how to do that. But I think now, because there is so much access to so much information, mental health is so important that it is a little easier to access, you know, good articles that are, um, studied and we can go to therapists or coaches and learn strategies to help us with mindfulness that we can take a look at the things that we have done in the past, decide if they served us and if they did awesome and if they didn't, then how else can we view it and what else can we think to have a healthy mindset so that we can help our kids grow their sense of self. And I really do think that our kids live in a time where they need that sense of self, that confidence to make decisions for themselves, to not feel like they need to please other people around them or be different than they are. And I think when they, they really know who they are and they have that sense of self and that confidence to, to feel that, that's where better decisions are made from. They're not doing things out of fear or because they have to and they have no choice. They're doing it because inside they know what's right. They know what they want to do. And so that is where I'm coming from in this podcast when I talk about the topic today because it has been on my mind this last week and in the circles that I've been in. And with this dress code that was emailed out to all of the parents. So my, my, we had the first day of school and my kids, I didn't even know what their first day of school outfit was. They come upstairs and I think they look absolutely darling. Great for the first day. I snap their picture before they leave and they leave for school. Later that morning when I saw my husband, I was like, oh, you have to see, you didn't get a chance to see them before they left. I'm like, you have to see the girls first day of school picture. And he looked at them and he thought they looked cute, but he said, they're going to get dress coded. They had a little bit of midriff showing because 
The style is these crop tops with high-waisted pants and and if you have teenagers, this has definitely been a topic in your home for better or for worse. Maybe it's been a battle of yours that you've been fighting because it is hard to find shirts unless it's like the oversized t-shirts that cover the entire stomach. They're like just right up to the, the high-waisted pants. And so he said, they're going to get dress coded. And I'm like, really? Why? And that was the first time I had seen anything about this new district-wide dress code. So later that day, I'm on Facebook and someone posts about this dress code and something to the effect of they're glad they don't have girls because they would be dress coded every day. And I don't know if this person was for or against the dress code. It was hard to tell, but the comments underneath it started being very critical of the girls who didn't know how to dress properly and how hard can it be to find shirts that are long enough, shorts that are long enough. And you can imagine how those comments sounded on Facebook as I'm reading them. And 10 years ago, I would have been right there in this conversation, agreeing with these women, wondering why teenagers just can't dress appropriately and how hard is it to find shirts that are long enough and shorts that are long enough. I really would have. And so I have shifted. And that's why I did want to bring this up on my podcast today, because if you have teenagers, this is for sure a topic in your home. It's probably a source of contention. And I want to just invite you to, to question the things that you do, why you do them, and do you like your reasons? And if you like your reasons, if you decide that this is your standard, you want your kids to cover, wear shirts that are long enough, wear not wear tank tops, there's nothing wrong with that standard or rule. So I definitely want to be careful in saying, I'm not saying that you should abandon those values that you have, but I just want to invite you to question why and the importance behind it. That's what I did. And when I started questioning the importance of it, why is it important that they don't wear a tank top? Why was I so uncomfortable when I wore a tank top to the gym? Is that something I want my girls to feel? And I just I decided through my own learning that for me, for my girls, I wanted them to feel comfortable in their own skin. And if that meant they wore a tank top, that was okay with me. The tank top or the shirt was not going to be the hill that I was going to die on because the importance of modesty for me is feeling comfortable in your own skin. It's not wanting to show off. And so I do think intention with our kids is so important. So if they're dressing in a way that they want to show off and, you know, that is, it's like that principle, the iceberg principle. You've got, you know, what your, what the behavior is. So maybe they're dressing in a way that's inappropriate. Okay. Like, like really sexualized or they're posting pictures that are really sexualized. That is the behavior underneath that behavior, like the iceberg principle, where you've got the iceberg above the water, but then you have this huge iceberg under the water. That is what I care the most about. So the behavior isn't as important to me as what's underneath the behavior. Why do you feel the need to dress that way? Why do you feel the need to post those kinds of pictures? And so 
a tank top though does not do that for me. So I decided I wasn't going to be super strict about the tank tops. And I really wanted my girls to feel comfortable in their own skin and not to feel self-conscious like I did. So that was the first step in my journey of stepping back from the idea that I needed to follow these rules exactly like I, I did when I was younger. And I know that a lot of parents are in this boat too. And why like when I was in high school, you just did not see the majority of of girls dressed dressing for the trend, I guess I should say, because we didn't we didn't do that. Most of us weren't allowed to do that in the community where I was at where I lived. And so you just didn't see that. Whereas now in the community that I live, a lot of us parents are kind of going through that like, okay, this was something that I didn't like about myself. And I feel like you can attribute it to that focus on appearance and that focus on covering your shoulders and wearing the one piece. And if you had a two piece, you had to put a t-shirt on and really um, caring more about what other people thought of you than what you thought of you. And so we can kind of see that and how it affected us in our lives. And we don't want that for our kids. And so now a lot of my friends, we are letting our kids wear things that we were not allowed to wear growing up. And it is tricky and for for many reasons it's just a it's just a different way of parenting than we've seen modeled for us and so it's new and we might do it wrong we might we might be too lenient and then need to pull back a little bit but it it's a really good thing to know that you can make the decisions for your family and for you and whatever that means so if you are, if your values are dressing really conservatively, not wearing tank tops and not showing your midriff, that is absolutely fine. And I completely respect that. So this isn't to say you need to just completely abandon your values at all, but just be okay to question them, to really decide, look at your reasons for why you have this rule. And if you like your reasons, then go all in. And like I have a friend who her kids do not wear the tank tops. They would not wear anything that would show their stomach. Completely respect her. And I think she's amazing. And I'm so glad that she respects me too and where I'm at. And we can be friends. But she, And she can tell her daughter who, who will ask her, you know, why can't I wear it? Or that's so unfair. And that's just something our kids will do no matter what. And we will have things that we want to stick to that are important to us. And with my friend, this is one of those things that's important to her. And she's not comfortable with her daughter wearing certain things. And she can say that to her daughter. And, you know, also say when her daughter is older, she can make those decisions for herself. But right now and where she's at, she's not comfortable with that. And they've come to a place where... They can agree to disagree, they can respect each other, and her daughter follows the rules. I completely respect that. So please don't interpret what I'm saying as it's right or wrong or good or bad, either way. And I think when you're coming from that place of integrity and you like the reasons for the rules that you have, you can stick to them in a more effective way. And also, it doesn't matter what everyone else does. So what other people do 
doesn't affect where you stand on a certain issue. And they can do what they, what they do and you can do what you do. And there's no judgment there. So going back to this Facebook post and seeing some of the comments and all of the judgment, I just thought it was so sad because it was so focused on outward appearance. And instead of looking at who these teenagers are, you're looking at, they were looking at what they were wearing and making a judgment on what that meant this teenager was. And I did not like that. And I felt inside and I had the thought that, man, if only, because these, these women, I'm sure, are amazing mothers and amazing people. And if only they could see these teenagers for who they are inside and not for what they wear. Because every picture I saw posted was a beautiful teenager, high schooler, who I know has some pretty hard times in her life because high school can be rough. It can be a lot of pressure. It can be a lot of stress. And every one of those teens needs someone who has their back, who they can trust and who they can go to. And I felt like when those women were judging them or having such a harsh opinion, they are not going to be able to connect to those teens. And so there were the teens that I saw posted. And then some of the comments on the Facebook page were, were really about the, the girls that they were seeing. And notice how the focus was on girls, right? This is always focused on girls. Was um, because they noticed some of the girls were like half-dressed, which I typically don't see, but I do know last year, and maybe this is why the dress code was a little more specific, I um, do know that you would see some in like a Lululemon sports bra, and that was their shirt. And I do feel like you're at school, you're not working out, you need to wear a shirt. Like wear an actual shirt and not a sports bra. Completely support that idea. And that is just a standard that you should, you should have. Um, but again, if we're just looking at the person and we get curious about why they are doing what they're doing, then you can see that, you know, maybe they don't have that support at home or that guidance at home. And if we as parents are judging that person, you know, knowing nothing about their life experience, then we are missing out on connecting with them over a sports bra. It's really not, it isn't the way that I would want to think and it's not the way that I feel serves me the best. And so that's why I wanted to record this podcast today to just invite you to notice the judgments that you have on other people. And if those judgments keep you from connecting with them, then you are the one missing out on the experience of learning about someone or letting who they are become more important than what they wear. And I have had, I've, I've been really lucky in the circles that I've been in and I'm in Young Women's in my church, which is the youth group from 12 to 18. And um, I have seen some amazing girls who really hold to their values super strongly and they are so inclusive of others. They don't make others feel bad for choosing differently than they do. And I feel like that is the goal for me in my life is to be that example to my kids, to the people that I am around. I know who I am. I know my values. I can live to my values without attaching your worth to my values. 
So there's nothing wrong with sticking to your values and having those values. And if those values for you mean you don't wear tank tops, you don't wear short shirts, and you're very careful in the things that you wear and the way you present yourself, that is commendable, amazing. I love it. And when you can do that without judging others for choosing differently, you can connect so much more to those people. And if you're finding that this is a topic in your home, if this is a battle, you have a mad teenager because of the roles that they have, I invite you to just get curious about why they want what they want. I've had to do that with my with my teens, with my oldest, when they have had different opinions than I have had. And I know the temptation and I've been there when you want to lecture and you want to be in that power struggle of convincing them why you know better and why what you want is the best way for them. And you could be 100% right. But the older our teens get, the more we push them, the farther they will be pushed because our brains are just wired to be individuals, to individuate and to, to not want to be told what to do, right? And so sometimes we get kids, I know I was like this, where I was just obedient. I just did what I was supposed to do because that's what I was told to do and it worked for me until it didn't though, right? Until I realized I never really figured out what I wanted or what I believed. And then I had to go figure it out. And so if my teenagers can figure that out younger, I'm all up for that. And that's, that's okay. And so if I can help them figure it out, that's what I want to do when they're younger and when they're in their home, when they're in my home. And so if they are pushing back a little bit on some of your roles, it's okay to just get curious. It doesn't mean anything has gone wrong or that you're not teaching them correct principles. It just means they are living in a world with a lot of diversity. They're seeing a lot of things and they're questioning a lot of things. And when you give them space to have questions, you give them space to make their own decisions and decide for themselves what they wanna do. Super scary as parents to give that much power to our teenagers. But I promise you, it's power they already have. And whether they do it in secret or whether they do it with your knowledge or whether they do it not now, but later in life because they were never given the opportunity to make their own decisions when they were young, it's going to happen. So kind of sit with that discomfort, allow them space, to have their own thoughts and opinions, make their own decisions. Sometimes I have had to disagree with something my older teenager has wanted to do. And they know my opinion, they know how I feel. And I also let them make their own decision about it. I don't guilt trip them. I'm not passive aggressive and making them feel like they are choosing wrong or against me. If something happens that it's like an I told you so moment, I'm very careful not to ever say I told you so. Those are the moments where they can learn the most and I really want them to learn more than I want to be right. And so this podcast today, I really just wanted to share my thoughts. These are just my real and raw thoughts today. I'm, I'm not even editing this. I didn't even plan what I was going to say. 
This is just like my real unedited thoughts for you to take and decide how to apply and use this curiosity, this ability to step back, give your teenager a little more autonomy, to use that in your life with your teen and see if it helps you connect with them more. That is what I have found and that is why I find so much value and have so much passion for teaching parents how to do this with their teens because it is so hard. But on the backside of that, what you will see is more connection, more love, more respect. You'll see your teenager for who they really are, which is a really good person. When our teen when our teenagers were born, when they were babies, they didn't need to be anything else than who that baby was. We loved them exactly how they were. They didn't need to get straight A's or be the best player on the team or or be any different. They were perfect just the, the way that they are and it's possible to see your teenager now in exactly the same. All right everyone, have a great day and we will talk to you next week. If you want to connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at Kristen Goodman Coaching. Send me a DM. I love hearing from you and messaging with you about all things parenting teens. Thank you for listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. If you like what you hear, if you want more tools and strategies and coaching to help you connect with your teen, to help you feel more confident yourself so that you can be more confident as you connect with your teen, join me in September. I will be starting my group coaching program again I love this program because you can work at your own pace. You get one module every week for seven weeks. It comes with a video. It helps teach you ways to manage your thoughts so that you can understand. It's not just parenting tips and strategies. It's actual coaching to understand why you feel the way that you feel, to really help you understand yourself, feel more confident yourself so that you can connect more with your teen. And then as well, along with the coaching, you also get real life tips and strategies to best parent your teen. Because along with managing your own mind, we want to have actionable tools that really work as we connect with our teens. You want your teens to talk to you. And if you feel like they're not talking to you, if you feel like it's always a power struggle, always a battle, you can absolutely change that. You can become the mom that knows what to say, that gets your teen to start talking to you, where you become that person that they know is there for them. but yet is still going to instill boundaries and limits and have expectations. All of that is completely fine. And to my parents who have younger kids, this is not just for those parents with teens. I promise if you implement these strategies, the younger your kids are, the easier it will be when you make that transition to that teenager stage. So I invite you in September to join me. To be the first to know about my training, go to parentinginthemiddle.com and sign up or I will put a link in my show notes.